Hey guys, Josh here. Just wanted to jump in super quickly and let you know that today's episode has been in the hopper probably for about a year and it's been recorded probably for a month. So the reason I'm jumping in up front is I heard my friend Dave Jackson mention that he's planning on talking about some of the lessons that he learnt about podcasting from doing his first stand-up comedy set. So the episode that I've already got recorded is called Four Podcasting Lessons from Four Years of Stand-Up Comedy. So Dave's done a lot more podcasting than I have, and currently I've done a lot more stand-up than Dave. So hopefully we don't cross over, and where we do, I trust that there'll be some variants, but probably some similarities. Dave is not only my friend, we've had a lot to do with each other and had many, many, many Skype and Zoom calls, but also Dave's one of the few people not peddling snake oil to beginner and intermediate podcasters. So if Dave hears this, this idea has been in the works for ages for me, mate. Hopefully it complements what you're doing and it was already recorded and I kind of run out of time and won't have any time to record anything else. So I'm not trying to beat you to the punch. I'm actually approaching it from a different perspective. Righto, that's enough of me waffling on. Let's talk comedy and podcasting. Okay, welcome back, guys. Josh here. So four podcasting lessons from four years of stand-up comedy. So what I will say is today I'm going to use the word performer instead of comedian or podcaster just to make things easy. And it's funny, the concept of making things easier to understand is actually our first point for today. Number one, trying too hard to sound smart is more likely to alienate people in the audience than it is to bring people in. So what I've learned from comedy, you need to say things as simply as you can without being overly reductionist or overtly reductionist. And you need to get to the point as quickly as you can. So without sounding like an over-rehearsed robot, the quicker you can get from A to B to C, or in comedy it might be framed as something like the premise, the tension, and the punchline, or the release. In podcasting, you want to get to where you're going in the most direct way possible without sounding like a robot. So that can be either you've thought about it a lot in advance or you do some editing later. If there's a lot of peripheral information and it's clouding the point you're trying to make, that might not make your show better. So leave it in if it's great. If it's gold, leave it in. I'm not one of these people that says cut, cut, cut. But if it's not gold, maybe think about cutting it out or think about not saying it in the first place, which takes prep. So that leads to number two. Write, read and refine and then memorise your prep notes or however it is that you prepare for your show to the point where you can forget about it and then just go off the cuff because your audience will sense that you're taking a big swing and you're really going for it. And if it sounds overly rehearsed or in a podcast, if it sounds like it's read, there's part of your audience that will never trust you or find you as funny or as interesting as they would if you just had a crack at it. So just have a crack, guys. And if that's not a global term, if that's Australian, just have a go. So number three, and this is the hardest thing for stand-ups, but it's also hard as a podcaster, and that's to listen back to yourself 48 to 72 hours after you've done the set or released the episode, and then maybe a couple of months later. And the way you want to approach this is, if it wasn't me performing, if I wasn't the performer here, 
how would the following things come across to me? Did the performer sound confident and relaxed? If not, why? And if they're not, if they're audibly nervous, does that actually work in their favour? You don't have to be an overly confident, pukey DJ to impact people. If anything, you're probably better off not being, in my opinion at least. Once you get a feel for that, you need to be listening maybe more for specific things, and that would be like, where's the low-hanging fruit for more impact and more laughs? What moments worked really well? Like, what is this person particularly good at? Like, when their voice does this inflection or they tell this kind of story or this kind of joke or, geez, their knowledge of mitochondria is just unbelievable and the way they explained that was just mind-blowing. What moments worked really well and what is this person really good at? And then you want to be listening for... What did it sound like they had a big swing at? And did those moments really hit home? Like, did they build up the tension and release around a really big news segment or a big idea or something they've been hyping up for a few episodes? Did they knock those big moments out of the park? And if not, how would you as the listener or the audience, how would you have thought they could have done that better? So it's all about separation too from the original recording. If it's 48 to 72 hours later, I know as a comedian, you've got, oh, well, the lights are right up in the room. It's normally dark. That made it harder. There was a lot of noise in the room. There was someone making a cocktail in the bar with a blender. That made it harder. I'm not very good at comedy yet. That makes it exceptionally hard. All the things when it's 48 to 72 hours later, you don't want to put too much stock in that initial listen because you're also going to be feeding a lot of really fresh memories and narratives back into why a thing went the way it did, which is why I think it's really important to go back two to three months later and listen again with even fresher ears. When the reasons why a thing sounded a certain way or you presented a thing a certain way or whatever it was that you were doing is what it is, are not as fresh in your mind and you really can listen like a listener. So number four and our final point for today is getting to recognise the power of the pause. Like in comedy, it's incredibly important to trust the pause, to live inside the pause. And at times, if you're really struggling on stage or you're not doing well, dying a little bit in those pauses, but it helps you to slow down and to make a point. And more importantly, it allows space for the audience to react in the way they want to react without having more words and more language coming at them in the gap. Just before we finish up, I'll leave you with two tips. These are both from Rick Roberts, who's a comedian in the States. One, slow down. And if you think you're talking slow enough, try to slow down even a little bit more. And number two, trust that you know your material and try your best to approach it extemporaneously. Because the more you absorb and care about the material, the easier over time you'll find it to give that back to the world or to your audience without notes. And you'll sound like a human talking to humans, which is, and I don't care what all the AI people say, that to me is still the goal of broadcasting and podcasting. It's a human impacting the life of another human and hopefully that engagement going both ways. Righto, guys, I'll leave you with that at Dead Set Pod in all the places, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.